0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: I'm HRN's Executive Director, Katie Mosman-Wadler, with a preview of this week's episode of Meat and 3, our weekly food news roundup. This week, we're looking at the way labels shape our perspectives on food. I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but is it acceptable to judge a wine by its label?
2: There are some labels that I'd say are so bad they're good.
1: As long as your paperwork's in good shape, you'll get a grass-fed label. Tune in to this week's Meat and 3 on Heritage Radio Network. That's Meat plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Today's program was brought to you by Les Crusades. Made in France since 1925, the first and finest enameled cast iron cookware and a favorite for generations. For more information, visit lecruset.com. That's L E C R E U S E T.com.
1: Do you know who made your food? Do you know how much it costs to make it? Find out why that's important on this episode of Tech Bytes. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world. About a million listens a month. And today, I hope every single one of them is tuning in to this episode of Tech Bites, the show where we talk to influencers and innovators in the food tech space. Today, we have a full studio. We have lots of guests And we are talking about something that I think is important and very timely. We're talking about who made your food and how much it costs to make it. Do you ever think about that when you go to a restaurant or you order delivery? We're going to find out why that's important from some very interesting people around the food space. Today is Thursday, November 8th, 2018, in case you're listening in the future, which many of you do. This is show number 157. And we are going to start it off like we always do, going around the room, introducing our guests and asking them, what's your favorite app right now? We're going to start with returning guest and uh, friend of the podcast and all around fantastic businesswoman, T Sharma, who's the founder and CEO of Food to Eat. Welcome back. Thank you for having me again. It's nice to see
4: you. Yeah, always, um, especially when it's, you know closer to like the holidays, it's always nice to be around people you like and love. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: And it's also, um, you know, doing a, a live show is, is always has a, a little bit of anxiety and energy, but it sort of goes down a notch when it's people that you know and Absolutely. are familiar with the, with the scene and everything. So that's nice. So Deep do you have a, an app that you like right now?
4: Yes. Yeah, so I think every time I come, I try to be very conscious of what's happening in my life um, and figure out an app that like, has been helping me through. So I just found this app called Happy Not Perfect. Um, I've been meditating since I was, I think, a teenager where I, uh, my grandfather taught me how to meditate because he was what I call a true yogi, um, because yoga yogis are, you know, living the lifestyle of not just practicing yoga, but like thinking about wellness all around. And so, you know, I've gotten my, you know, I now have two kids and I've gotten ridiculously busy with motherhood and being an entrepreneur and all that comes with it. Um, so this app has been great because it gives me time to actually, um, meditate. Um, so it's not only just helping you meditate, but it's actually giving you little snippets of just encouragement and things to think about. So today's, it was a minute and a half and they were talking about, how you should listen more. What happens um, to us a lot of times, and I've been trying to practice this again through my grandfather, is that we react immediately when we hear something. You know, as soon as we see something on on the media, like our immediate reaction is, I need to tweet about this. Instead of just, you know, kind of taking it in, understanding what people are saying or what we're reading, we have this initial need to just react. And so um, that was today's thing. And it's a great reminder to just like, you know, stop, think, listen, and then react, and just understand what the other person is saying. So Happy Not Perfect um, has little cool, you know, like, uh, quick, I guess, sound bites in the mornings that they kind of send to you. Um, they also like help you meditate and do like that walkthrough. So it's a, you know, in this day and age where I think mental health is really important. I think it's a it's a great app to kind of um, help me with that.
1: That's great. So it's called
4: Happy Not Happy Not Perfect. Perfect. And is it a free app? I have the free version because I'm cheap. <laughs> but uh, there is I think there's a subscription version. I haven't explored it uh, to that extent yet, but yeah,
1: and it's iOS. Yes. Do we know if there's an Android version? i I'm not sure. Okay. Well, we can look. Yes, that's great. <laughs> Meditation is wonderful. And you know, to deep D's point, the exercise today was a minute and a half. You don't need to do it for that long. It's just sort of like taking a pause and and being present and and doing something and listening is a totally underrated skill. And it's so important. And obviously everybody who's listening to this show knows that. But as an interviewer and as a journalist, when I'm talking with people, oftentimes I'm fascinated by by how many times people aren't actually listening to the questions that are being asked sometimes. Especially people who are startup entrepreneurs and they're in pitch mode, a lot of times any question that you ask them, you just get pitch deck in response, regardless of what the question yeah. is.
4: It's innate, I feel like, once you become an entrepreneur, like you are taught <laughs> that every moment is an opportunity to raise capital or to exactly. talk about yourself. And and I get it, but you do have to understand that at the same time, if you're not listening, people won't be interested right, in you. Because, because they
1: think you're not interested in them. Exactly. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing. Listening is totally underrated, so. Absolutely. Great. Sitting next to Deep Tea is Zishan Ali. He is the owner of a restaurant called Salad Pangia. Thank you for coming.
2: Thank you so much for having me over here. And we're actually not a restaurant. We're a catering company.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. Catering company.
2: We are a catering company.
1: So you need friends to make a big order Yes, I do. To to have food from you, (laughs) then.
2: Of course, of course. It's (laughs) just, no, I I always grew up in the restaurant industry, so I kind of wanted to steer away from that, and it came towards catering. That sounds very smart.
1: Do you have an app that you like right now? Yes,
2: I do. So m- mind that I'm in the kitchen all day running around. And um, I, I love being techie. So I own two phones, an iPad, and a computer. So I'm always doing everything on the computer. I'm very techie that way. So when, we, let me ask just real quickly. You
1: say you have two phones. Are they both the same model or are they two yes, different everything models?
2: everything I own is Apple. It's all probably. Apple. Okay, so you have two iPhones. Yes, Okay. one's for work, one's personal. Okay. But... Everything that I do, like for example, recipes, uh, any paperwork that I have, any business documents that I do, everything is uploaded on one space called Dropbox. And I know that's a very famous app, but it's my to-go app. Anywhere I am, any device that I need, I just pull it up, all my recipes, anything, all types of paperwork that I require, anything I have. I'd have files going back maybe like Five, six years, seven years, and everything is just in one space, and it's just so easy to get to. Dropbox. So it's worth noting that it's a great, it's a great app and service.
1: And it must be very popular in the restaurant world because on last week's show, we had Chef Bill Telepan from Oceana Restaurant in New York City, and his app was Dropbox.
2: It is, it is. And it was
1: Dropbox because of the recipes, because he stores them and uses them at work. But every now and again, he's not, you know, in the office and wants to pull one up and everything. So maybe it's a trend.
2: It is, it is. It's very helpful. Yeah. It's a very good tool to be using in the industry.
1: Wonderful. Okay, so... Chefs and restaurant people like Dropbox Sitting across from me Is Rafael Espinal He is city council member of the 37th district Of New York We're very happy to have you here In such a busy, busy week Thanks In politics hug. and in New York City But I'm happy to have you here. This can kind of be our, our election week episode.
5: Oh, thanks for having me. It's truly a pleasure. Uh, I love coming to Heritage Radio and especially hanging out in the back of Roberta's, so it's always a pleasure.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit different because the show starts at 11. Roberta's opens at 11, so you get sort of the quiet and then they turn the music on and people start to come in, so you get to sort of see the restaurant wake up. It's the quiet before bit. the storm. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have an app that you like right now?
5: Um, Not as interesting as the meditation app. Um, (laughs) But I'm actually interested in in downloading that. Uh, I think that uh, as as I continue doing more and more work, I'm trying to find that quiet time where I can center myself and find that balance I need to keep moving forward. So I'm definitely downloading that. Uh, Dropbox, I think, is also an important app that I've been using um, in the past few weeks, putting all my photos, data, information. So I think these are two great apps that people should download. But I, I personally am a big fan of uh, Instagram. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have time to continue exploring the app world anymore. But I think Instagram is a, a great place where I get a lot of my information from. Um, I think it's it's more than just. Connecting with friends is more. It it actually educates you about what's going on in the communities. Uh, what's the new great place to go eat at? Uh, what's going out? What's going on in nightlife culture? And there's a lot of great people there that uh, focus on informing people around sustainability. And you can learn tips and tricks of how to be more sustainable and lower your food your your food waste and overall waste in general. So I think I think it's a it's a it's a source of information and and uh, it inspires me every day.
1: Instagram, always a favorite, also increasingly important in the world that we live in, which is so fascinating, just in terms of the way we consume information from the world now.
4: Yeah. And and what's interesting about Instagram, I actually mentioned it the last time I was here, um, it's people are creating businesses on Instagram, right? Yes. You know, influencers and bloggers are turning what they love to do and passionate about, whether it's fashion, food. Um, or what have you, they've literally turned it into their businesses and, and I always say, what happens if Instagram doesn't exist? What happens to these people that have created their entire livelihood around this app? Um, but I don't know, maybe ask people
1: who work in magazines. True. Mm-hmm. Something <laughs> else will come along. <laughs> or ask people who, you know, work on cable TV or make work in the uh well, they're now commercial. On, they're they're now on Instagram. Industry. Yeah. I mean there are so many um, media media channels and media types that have Ben created Ben the thing and then, you know, go dark and close and and people migrate to something else. So there's a lot of, um, you know, I've worked in advertising and I, one of the first jobs I did in advertising was I made TV commercials and, you know, people don't really make that many TV commercials anymore. It's a special and rare occasion. It used to be par for the course. So, you know, now people are making six second pre-rolls for YouTube.
4: Yeah. (laughs)
1: I am also going to introduce the man back in Mission Control, who makes this all consumable media for everybody out there, Noam, who is our engineer, hey. This is one of my favorite parts of the app segment. Noam, do you have an app for us this week?
0: I do. So, um, Noam, I'm I'm not Ricky Henderson, I won't talk in the third person, Uh, I'm still living in, in flip phone land. And I, you know, my phone does this amazing thing. If I go through the tools on the phone, it has a tip calculator, and I don't need to use the regular calculator. I can just put in what the price of the food is at the restaurant, and then it lets me say what percentage I want to give as a tip, and it tells me immediately how much to give as a tip. So, just to recap. It's amazing what they're doing with phones these days.
1: He's on a flip phone. He's never had a smartphone. He doesn't well, have apps. He has the tool, the tools in the flip phone. There's really a tip calculator?
0: There, there is a tip calculator. That's amazing. You guys have that? Does it come? Oh, I bet you had to download that as an app, but it didn't come with your phone. No, did it, it did
1: not. I don't even. I didn't even download that.
0: Team Flip One, Team Smart Zero. Wow. Flip phone of the future. He's never he's
1: he's he's just been riding the flip phone the whole time. It's fascinating to me. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to it every week. So we are here uh, to talk about a new campaign that Tea started with her company Food to Eat. If you wanna check them out while you are listening, the website is foodtoeat.com, Instagram is at food to eat and Twitter as well. It's a very simple campaign. It's for social media. It's for Instagram. It's on their blog. It's hashtag I made your food. And it very simply is a picture of a restaurant owner, a catering owner, like Zishan, holding a sign saying, I made your food, and then talking a little bit about why they're a restaurant and food business owner, how they made your food, and all those types of things. It's a really great series. I think you have about eight people, eight profiles in at this point. I think about, yeah. yeah. So Deep Tea, it seems so obvious in many ways to highlight the people who make your food. Mm-hmm. Why is that even important, do you think? Why is that something that your team is dedicating time and, and energy to, to put out into the world? Why do we, why do we need to so, know that?
4: So one of the most important things to me as an individual um, is Storytelling. We've been doing it f- as humans from the beginning of time, right? Whether it was through poetry or song, and it's the way we educate um, people. And so and now our story ter- storytelling is digital. We do it on social media, Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, that is all how we give our stories and consume our stories these days. We do it digitally. And you know when I started food to eat, You know, as a native New Yorker, one of the most important things has always been my community. And I started my business through the conversations that I had with food truck cart restaurant owners that I was talking to at the time. And I was amazed by the stories that I was hearing. The stories, you know, I was talking to a food cart guy that my husband used to stop by at to get his coffee every morning. And one of the most interesting things was he actually created the currency, the digital, like the the way the currency looks of Afghanistan.
1: That's amazing. And And he's a coffee
4: cart guy in New York City now. Yeah, because he moved to this country so that he could help pay bills, help, you know, get his kids through college. But the thing is, you know, just like Humans of New York, you know, it's a similar campaign. We don't stop and talk to people. You know, no, we do not. We
1: don't, and and especially as New Yorkers, we keep moving. We keep and moving. And if you're not a New Yorker, we want you to walk slow on the other side of the sidewalk.
4: Yeah, exactly. And and but as a native New Yorker, you know, and I keep saying native New Yorker. It's really important to me because I believe that we truly want to get to know each other. We truly do want to stop on the weekends and have conversations. And and so for for us, I major food, um, so taking a step back when i started the company these stories were really important and so we wanted to be able to go to small business businesses and say hey we're going to take over your sales and marketing for your catering business and we want to tell your stories to the companies we're selling your food to so these large corporations like microsoft and ebay and for the past couple of years, we have been doing that. But what we realized is that the stories are only being told to the one person, person that's ordering. So the office managers, HR managers, um, facilities managers, and they're making these decisions because as individuals that are part of this greater company, they love the fact that we're storytelling and we're connecting them with immigrant women, um, you know, minority food business owners. But what we realized is the impact that we're driving is not, growing. You know, we're not being able to do it to the people that are running up and getting their free food and their free lunch. And so that's where we decided we need to change and we need to do something. And so we thought, how cool would it be if we were to just have the owners, the chefs, the operators hold a sign that said, I made your food um, and have a picture show up with the food. And at the beginning of the food, they see this picture and that's when they get to go to the rest of their food. And what, what, you know, I find interesting is, that it's not just words, it's a picture. If you think about how people scroll through Instagram, they don't actually read the captions a lot of the times. No, they're, they're just, just looking, at visual. Yeah, I think like, I, I don't know the exact steps. That's why but, people hold signs with words. Exactly. <laughs> and that's where, when we made the sign so prominent as a part of the picture, there are black and white um, pictures. Um, and we try to, you know sometimes we color the I made your food so that it really strikes in the image. And people stop and they say, oh, what is this? And, and that's what we wanted to create. We wanted to create a sense of intrigue with the people, um, with the pictures. And the stories are important because, you know, we don't realize how many people touch a plate, not physically, but how many people touch a plate before it gets to you um, and, and what goes behind actually creating that food. My family comes from the restaurant industry. I've worked in the restaurant industry throughout college to, to help out. And so I've understood the craziness of the food industry in general but I don't think most people understand and appreciate it. Um, and, and and we really want to drive and impact people because, you know, there's more... We're, we're living in a digital community and, and we want people to just connect beyond just visually seeing what they're, you know, what they're doing. We want people to actually understand the stories, the why um, behind what people are doing.
1: So, Sushan, so you and your... Um Salad Pangaea Catering Company, you were one of the featured makers.
2: Yes, we were. So what was that experience like? It was very different. Um, uh, Ciara that works for Debithi approached me and she told me that she wanted to write, they were working on this campaign. And you know, it was very intriguing. I was like, this is a perfect way for me to get out to my community and get my word out exactly how I'm working my business. And the the way they did this campaign really got my story out there. And I got such good feedback and it just made me feel like I'm doing the right thing as a business owner. What kind of feedback did you get? um, Like oh, Zishan, you're starting a whole new healthy trend. People always knew me as in the Pakistani Indian food community and this whole concept, like salads, wraps, sandwiches, and healthy. Like, you know, healthy is the new trend. We're moving towards more of a healthy um, way of people eating. So... That was that's where it came and really like showed people like, oh, look, he's moving away from this and he's coming towards bringing something else new to the community.
1: So it it achieved its goal of getting your story out to the community. Yes, it did. So, Rafael, you as a city councilman represent both the small businesses and the consumers, and you actually represent Bushwick and Brooklyn, where we are right now. Do you think it's important for people to know these things?
5: 100%. I think that, uh, as was mentioned, we are uh, more and more disconnected. Uh, New York, uh, especially, uh, we are often on the move uh, because we're probably most of the time focused on our work and what, and what we're doing, what's important to us or our families that we, we forget to stop and kind of really put thought behind uh, you know, what we're eating, um, you know, even our own families and kind of what's going on around us. So I think that um, creating this opportunity where people can understand that their food actually came from somewhere. Uh, if, if you look at just food production in general and just from the story behind the farm, from the farm to your plate, I think this is, it's like an onion. You can continue peeling and seeing new layers and new layers and new layers. And to hear that there's actually an opportunity here where you, you can simply find out who, who put the time to make your meal. Uh, I think it's very important. I think it's it's it's. it's it's, great. it's 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 uh, it's something that things inspire a lot of people.
4: And also, I think, you know, just going back to just like farm to table, people trivialize, you know, like how, you know, how and people don't realize really like how a tomato is grown. Right. And what it takes to grow that tomato, the soil, the water, the temperature, the weather, all of these things affect how a good tomato is made. And so when they go to the grocery store and they, you know, or they go to a restaurant and say, oh, oh, my God, I can't believe this costs Like, Hey, you know how much it takes for them now forget about just growing the vegetables, but like it takes to keep this place running, you know, the, the employees, the rent. Um, and I'm sure you can talk about how rent and landlords have been affecting small business owners, but there's so many, you know, variables that, that affect a restaurant and a food business in general. Um, and, and people forget like these, these things cost money.
1: So when we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about a second campaign that's running simultaneously with food to eat, which is how much your meal cost. Stay with us.
4: A fun farewell Not overdue, but just as well It's
3: time to the to find- Today's program was brought to you by Le Crusades the first to pioneer colorful enameled cookware over 90 years ago. They've been a favorite for generations through the meals and memories the cookware creates and the style it expresses. My name is Kat Johnson. I'm the communications director at Heritage Radio Network. When I'm not making food radio, I'm making food, and my favorite cookware is the 8-quart marine blue Dutch oven that never leaves my stovetop. Before we got our Le Creuset, the cookware we used most often was an antique Griswold cast iron pan. It didn't take long for me to realize how much I'd been missing enamel cast iron in my life. Le Creuset has the superior heat retention of cast iron, but paired with the unparalleled performance and ease of enamel. That means delicious food with easy cleanup. Head to lecreusetcom HRN, that's L-E-C-R-E usetcom com slash H R N to see all the new products and amazing holiday gift deals. HRN listeners will get 20% off the new Le Crusade cookbook with the code HRN.
0: I pretend nothing
2: is said Think of all the wasted issues.
1: Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bytes, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today, we are talking about a social media campaign, hashtag I Made Your Food, which was started by Deepti Sharma, founder and CEO of a company called Food to Eat, which is basically an enterprise catering company that represents small restaurant and food owners, mostly restaurants and food businesses owned by immigrants, women, minorities. Lots of good things. And she's found that when people understand the story about where the food comes from, people are more interested in eating that food. And the campaign, I Major Food highlights people like Zishan Ali, who is co-owner of Salad Pangia Caterers, which is one of the companies on the platform. And we have also with us Rafael Espinal, who's city council member of the 37th District of New York, sort of talking about the practicalities and the realities of why these things are important. It sounds like a great idea. It sounds very engaging and altruistic in some ways and, and very, um, you know, just wonderful and amazing. Yes, let's share the stories of where our food comes from and how it's made and all those kinds of things. But how, how does that, do you think, Raphael, impact Actual business does it make people want to support that business more? Does it make it easier for people to understand costs or make choices?
5: Yeah, I think we're we're living in a in uh, digital information age, right? Everyone wants to know um, where where what they get, what where what they have came from, whether it be the clothing you're wearing, what you're eating, right? Uh, so I think that you know be, putting that connection um, and letting people know that you know who was the person behind making that food i think gives the consumer a sense of power over what they're eating but also also, uh, knowing understanding that uh, there was actually someone who, who labored over making that meal for you and i think that that a consumer can find very attractive so i can i can see that working
1: do we think that people are interested in seeking out things that will actually support their community You know, you can order on Seamless and Grubhub, but that's not maybe necessarily supporting your community, even if you are ordering from a local restaurant, just because of the way the finances work. Do you think it's increasingly important for people to... Do you think people are increasingly want to specifically support businesses in their community?
5: of course there's, there's, for years there has been a trend on buying local and um, from again from from your clothing to you know what we consume and eat, uh, I think people are, are more conscious of, uh, of the impact that has on the local economy and how that supports local businesses to continue to keep their doors open and uh, be part of the community they live in. so um, again, if, if just finding new ways where Uh, These local businesses can seem more attractive to the consumer, I think only helps uh, to that notion of, you know, buying local is important.
1: So we're going to talk about the next campaign that they're also running, and I'm going to give fair warning that we only have 15 minutes left to the show. And the topic we are about to embark on should actually be a show on its own. And so maybe we'll have people come back and do a separate show. But the other thing that you're doing at Food to Eat Deep Tea is including information with the orders about how much the meal costs. We do have right now uh, a kind of a difficult situation with restaurants and food companies because incrementally every piece, every piece of of resource that goes into making food, the prices are going up. Mm -hmm. The prices are going up for product and food. The prices are going up for labor. We have increasing minimum wage, which is fantastic. We have, you know, increasing costs for farm products and local products. We have increased costs for electricity, for real estate, all those kinds of things. And if everything goes up a couple of percentage points, then that means the the salad on your plate goes up also. And what I've observed happening, and I think everyone in this room would have a very ground level view of it as well is the public and consumers everyone is for an increase in minimum wage everyone is for a living wage there isn't anybody who thinks that you shouldn't earn your living yeah everyone is for supporting farmers everyone is for farmers getting paid a fair
4: price for their product but they're not for Spending. But nobody wants yeah. to pay
1: $17 for a salad. So the interesting thing and the, 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 the really critical conflict that I think we're having that is only going to get worse, and I think it's only going to get worse coming into 2019 as there are some different financial laws and things that are going to come to pass, specifically in New York. How do we reconcile the fact that people want to support people and their work and labor but they don't want to pay $20 for a hamburger.
4: Again, I think it goes back to educating. And so we haven't actually started that campaign. It's it's a hard one to like, get put together because it's going to individual restaurants and asking them like what are your costs and we want it to be real we don't want to just make up that oh their labor might cost them this much and and their food cost might be this we want it to be real and for them to actually understand how they're financially helping support so that's a tricky thing yeah it is a tricky thing but the reason why it's so important is because it's how, again, it just how does this food show up? And what does it cost? We've had people that came to us and, and we had to step away from clients and say no to them. And as a small business, it's hard to say no when business is coming in. But we had somebody come to us, a client um, that said, Oh, I need breakfast for 2 to $3 per person. That's crazy. Yeah. And I just laughed. And I said, I want you to go outside and get yourself a bagel and a coffee for that much. Because you can't do that. Even a cart it, it costs that it's you know it's a dollar50 to get coffee and another probably dollar75 for cream cheese and that keeps increasing as the price of cream cheese goes up as the price of bagels go up as the price of their licensings go up and to maintain that cart and all of that right and this is just even if you went to the one. grocery
1: store and bought coffee and milk and sugar and bagels and all of that and the brought economics it, home, don't, they, it, yeah. it would it would be difficult
4: yeah and so for us what we needed people to understand and again it goes back to education so we need to educate our consumers, our, our companies that are ordering from us that this is what it costs and you can't realistically expect our business to our businesses to actually stay alive if this is what you want from them. If you want that from You should be cooking it yourself, making it yourself. And we've been that brash and rude because it's just disrespectful. It's it's not showing... There's a point where yeah, it's disrespectful. It's it's, yeah. it's just you don't understand what it takes. You know, you expect to be paid a six-figure salary for sitting at your desk. I could literally say you're doing nothing but just looking at social media all day. And, un, I'm, and, I'm, and then I'm undervaluing you and your creativity. So why undervalue somebody's skill, which is creating... Something that you eat and is for your sustenance and your survival. We don't value what goes into our body and we you know, we wanna to go to Whole Foods because they've branded themselves very well, but we don't wanna pay salad Pangea the price that it you know what it costs them. You know, and so that's you know we just just because somebody's a celebrity chef doesn't mean they're the only ones that know how to make great food. Each one of our vendors is a celebrity chef, and that's what I made your food is about is is making them and putting them on their platform because a lot of times they're afraid to talk about themselves, and we want to say you know what we'll do that for you. We're going to put you on the pedestal. We're going to talk about who you are because your story, in fact, is amazing, is interesting, and and it goes back to like you know I love humans of New York, and what they've what he's done is that he's taken people that are just walking down the street. And talk up, and just went up to him and talked to them.
1: So, Raphael, do you see a tension between the realities of business and what people believe is right, but what they're also willing to pay? I mean, it, I, I I've have been watching the you know the different trends and reading about the different minimum wages and tip credits and all those kinds of things, and I, I'm getting a little bit anxious for the restaurant industry.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to get too political in the conversation, right. but I guess we have to, right? I think that what we're not speaking of is that there is this un- underlying greed that comes from those that p- make a profit from the businesses themselves. I'm talking about real estate. I'm talking about uh, corporations who are able to pay their workers a minimum wage, but also be able to sell the same food for a much cheaper price. Um, and what what gets lost there is, is the is that is that if we don't hold corporations and and those that have that are setting the price the overhead prices of all these things, then at the end of the day, the, the people at the bottom are, are the ones that are paying for it, right? And yes, I, a New Yorker wants to pay as little as they can for food. Why? Because it's it's expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're we're trying to save. We're, we're all trying to save money. Businesses are trying to save money because they want to keep their doors open. The consumers trying to save money because they want to be able to pay their rent or be able to go out at night and grab a cocktail and. The, the what what's really creating that is the fact that wages have been stagnant is the fact that corporations continue sucking our communities dry is the fact that you know real estate look is looking for the next opportunity to make more money off of uh, off of their storefronts and we have to find a where we have to create a systematic change um, that's going to change the entire system of how our economy works. Otherwise, our, our small businesses would not be able to exist. And, and it's happening in New York City. We have a lot of empty storefronts because the businesses cannot afford to pay the new minimum wage that that, 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 the, that the state has put in. Or they cannot afford uh, to pay the rent uh, to keep that business open. And so it, it's a much larger conversation than we need to have. And it, it's terrible to see that. Uh, all of us on the ground, whether you're a business owner or the consumer, that we're we're blaming each other for what's happening. When it, that's not really the case, we're we're all trying to we're all trying to eat. We're all trying to make a, a substantial living to be able to continue to live in this city. Um, so we have to find ways where we can work to tackle the bigger problem.
1: And I think we all love the things that make our city special. Um, and anybody who you don't need to be in New York City to understand what I'm talking about. You have your local businesses that are a part of the, your character and, and your community. My sister lived in Pittsburgh for a while, and there was a family-owned, famous bakery, Prantl's Bakery. I mean, it was a tiny little bakery. It was fantastic, but that was part of, you know, the history and the fabric of the community, which is so much nicer to walk into than, you know, a Starbucks or a Panera or something like that. I think, um, you know, how do, how do you think we help people and businesses explain some of these things so that people understand a little bit more what's happening. Because to your point, you know, I walk down the street in my neighborhood and there are a lot of empty storefronts and they've been empty for years because I guess somebody's just waiting for a big rent. Or when it comes in, it's a a national chain and that's taken the place of the small local business that was there for 20 or 30 years likely the small local business that helped create a community that makes it attractive to these larger companies, which is sort of ironic.
5: Yeah, we we all have to play a role uh, from from government to the business to the consumer, uh, educating each other uh, what we should be doing better. I mean, the city is also, I would say, responsible for a lot of of what's happening. Uh, We have a lot of regulations in place that makes it very hard for a business owner to keep their businesses open. Mm -hmm. Uh, When it comes to enforcement, fine fees, applications, um, uh, also uh, not taking into account that businesses do need uh, initiatives and financial support from the city as well. Uh, to combat uh, the, the market rates of, of uh, the market rate rents and 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 the cost of doing business in the city as well, uh, but it, unless we start having that bigger conversation, um, I, I don't think that we'll be able to get to a point where uh, we're going to be able to turn things around and make sure that everyone uh, feels that they're able to afford uh, to to get the food that they want, but also the business able to keep the doors open, paying uh, uh, you know, selling the food for a fair price that's affordable to the communities. So you know, government uh, needs to play a big role in educating everyone. Uh, what's happening in the market, um, but also the business consumers should should also have that conversation.
4: Yeah, I mean, for us, which is why we're actually, instead of going directly to consumers, we're going to large corporations where we know they have the purchasing power, um, to drive the impact that we're looking for. Um, you know, the consumer space, it is hard. Like you said, everyone, it's survival of the fittest and we're trying to survive in this beautiful city, but it's hard and it's expensive. And so for us, that's why we go to large companies and we say to them, when you think about diversity, Don't think about diversity and just you know hiring people of color and some women. Think about diversity in your purchasing power and purchase from a more diverse community. And that's where Food Deed comes in. It's like we're going to help you vet all the amazing vendors that you need to be able to buy from. And and so that's why we go to large corporates and we say to Microsoft, we say to eBay, here's this you know plethora of amazing vendors. Um, Here's Zishan
1: Ali. Here's Salad Panjia
4: Caters. Salad exactly and here's his story and here's why you should be buying from him um, but that's the, the narrative we're trying to help and change but when it comes to government and I hope you know like I hope that they not just educate but they they actually pass legislation that is in support for small businesses because a lot of times it's just on the employee side whereas you know you know which is, is important as well but employers are taking a lot of risk and like you had just said like all the fees and the licensing and all these things that they're having with that's why we see closed storefronts, and that needs to change.
1: So lots to talk about, and a lot of conversations are happening right now about what we can do, what people can do, what government can do, what's important to us, what's important to our community, and coming together. And um, you know, I don't think that we have the answers. I definitely do not have the answers, but I have a lot of questions, and I have a forum to talk about them with other people who may in fact have the answers. I want to go around the room and I want to ask each of you, um, what, if, if you, what's your best recommendation to people if they are interested in making a difference in their local community or being involved? What would you say is like one easy thing that people can do when this podcast ends and they go on
4: with their day? I mean, what I do, right? So I find whatever community I've lived in, whether it was it, you know, the communities in New York or when I lived abroad, it's finding an organization or a cause that you're passionate about within the community that you live in. Um, and be a part of them you know see how you can give back to that to that organization and help them if there is a soup kitchen if there is an organization that helps mentor young women go become a mentor um just find an organization that's in your community you know don't just spend the dollars but you know find other ways spend the time spend the time because i think that's really important as well um so you know that's easy to do you know this past week i was uh phone banking at my local congresswoman's office and so just again like a Small thing can go a long way, um, but I think that's the most important thing.
2: See, Sean. Um, I would just like to continue what you're saying. Just like John, um, going back to an organization. Um, once I was growing up, I was part of the NYPD auxiliary for about four or five years, and then I transitioned over to the State Department of Chaplains. So I always tried my finding the best way to support my community. And, you know, I was always into law enforcement, and this was one of the, my favorite ways of giving back to the community.
1: So find something and do it. That's very good advice. Rafael?
5: Um, the basic answer is yeah, vote. Yeah, easy.
1: Oh, okay, and call, there you go.
5: And call your local city council person or congressperson and tell them uh, what is that's on your mind and what they can do to improve your life and your community's life. Um, but uh, something less political, uh, I would say... You know, once a day if if you spend your your dollar at Starbucks, go find the local coffee shop. If if you go to Home Depot to buy a light bulb, go to the local hardware store. Just just make that one just switch.
1: Find find the local equivalent to the thing you're already spending money on. Exactly.
5: You know, get off the internet, take a walk down the street and buy the light bulb instead of ordering it online. I think that will go a long way in sustaining our communities and keeping our dollars here in our city.
1: That is fantastic. If you want to follow these people, maybe What they're doing in life will inspire you. Maybe you want to connect with them. Follow Deep Tea at Deep Tea Sharma 1 on Twitter and at Deep Tea NYC on Instagram. You can follow her company, Food to Eat, at Food to Eat. Zeeshan Ali, you can follow him at salad.pangea.caterers. Rafael Espinal, you can follow him at R-L-E-S-P-I-N-A-L on Instagram and on Twitter he is R-L-E-S-P-I-N-A-L you can follow me at M-M-E-S-N-A-C-K you can follow Tech Bytes at Tech Bites H-R-N thank you for listening I'm Jennifer Leizzi and this is Tech Bites.